Welcome to Uchi Talk, the podcast that talks about other podcasts, specifically Um That Just Happened. This is the uh, UTJHE, the Um That Just Happened Enthusiast Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we'd change it up a little bit. Adam is, of course, in Boston. Let's just, I guess, let's jump, just jump into podcast news. Adam, of course, is in Boston taking vacation. If you're friending him on Facebook, you'll see him pictures outside of Cheers and historical landmarks and Cheers and whatever the hell else is in Boston. I don't really know what's in Boston other than the Patriots. The Red Sox. The New England Cheaters. Yeah. Yeah, shots fired. So I didn't feel right to do an Um That Just Happened episode without him. So we're going to do an Um just, That Just Happened enthusiast episode with Ryan Manigan and Hello. Robert Dilgery here Hello. at the Foundry or Terminus or whatever we're calling. TTC. <laughs> TTC. DTC. DTC. The Dogerty Transmission Center. Yep. So no holds barred. I guess let's just jump right into religion or <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> let's talk about politics. Who do you guys vote for? What do you think about Trump? The opposite. We <laughs> only talk about religion and politics. It's exercise demon law. <laughs> oh, I should bring up some stats and thank the people for listening. Thanks, thanks guys for listening to the show in advance because um, yeah, we'll return to our regularly scheduled programming next week. But um, yeah, just want to actually. Go ahead and you guys have any topics? I'm going to look up some stats. I think we talked about this a little bit when you first came in, Ryan. Well, this is the first time Ryan and I are meeting. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess what interested you in the show? I know there was some specific topics or correction that needed to be pointed out, but what interested you and got you hooked on UTJH? Honestly, I, uh, I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> Listening to Rodney and Adam talk about certain topics that I talk about only with my close friends, you know, I, I usually let my nerdness hide a lot. You know, until I know, you know, I can talk to certain nerd with, you know, certain people. And at that point, it's kind of one of those things where it's, you know, finding gold. Because, <laughs> you know, there's so many aspects, you know, of the nerd, geek, dork, almost culture. Where you sit there and I could talk very obscure comic references with Adam. And then turn around and talk computer nerd with Rodney. As I just sit there, I'd be like, oh my god, this is like mecca. Oh, no. <laughs> we can talk about really, okay, yeah. <laughs> This podcast is like the conversation that's going in my brain. Whoa. And that's really... Pretty much most of the day. Yeah. You could finally ask the question, you know, who would win in a fight? You know, Superman or Goku? And you could get answers. An answer. A nerd answer. A nerd answer. Instead of somebody who's like, I don't know who I like Goku's costume better, so I think he'll win. Now, Aubrey, you're Asian. Yes. Do you know who Goku is? Yes. He's a kid from Dragon Ball Z, right? It. Maybe it's just you me. didn't know that. <laughs> I've I've seen parts of episodes of Dragon Ball Z. I've never really like. There's like a cult for Dragon Ball Z. I may or may not have seen every episode of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball GT. You may not be the leader of the cult. I to might Dragon Ball be. Z. I might be. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm losing points on the uh, the Asian meter as the day goes by. I need to redeem my Asian slash nerd point meter. I fell off. Because Rodney and I were really close when we were little, and then we grew up and had kids, and so yeah. I only know my nerd. My nerd slowly started like fading away because I had no one else to share my nerd with. So that's why I like being on the show. Well, when your kids get a little older, you could you know 
force it upon them. Oh, it's totally forced. Oh, yeah. They were... No um, pun intended. Yeah. They were superheroes. <laughs> they were superheroes like two years in a row. I make the girls sit down and watch Arrow with me. And Guardian of the Galaxy. So, Arrow. Yeah. You like it. Speaking of podcast news, look forward to our episode where um, we're going to have Aubrey and Liz on um, after the long-awaited um, Aubrey finally is watching Arrow. Mm-hmm. Liz's birthday podcast coming up. And um, we're going to talk about some Arrow before the season premiere. And season how, four. How do you spell Arrow? A-E-R-O? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's right. Oh, and I'm totally hating on Liz right now because she was able to meet Stephen Amell and I looked up tickets. Holy cow. Mm. So, yeah. Kind of jealous. Actually, really jealous. Yeah. Nelson loves his wife. Very much so. Good <laughs> for you. Shout out to you, Nelson. Enough to wear a Hawkeye shirt to, in your own. <laughs> that, that, that was pretty awesome. That was awesome. That. Awesome. <laughs> Not my favorite Nas of the week. It's my favorite. Totally. Definitely up there. Yeah. The whole uh, nobody story is really great. Number forget, two for me. Forget what episode that was. But I think that that's hands down my favorite Nas of the week. Should bring that back. We, I, I think the well might have run dry. Um, Liz is not allowed to dip into the well. <laughs> that might be grounds for divorce. <laughs> Especially on being on record of a podcast. But um, no, we didn't really like the... Well, I didn't really like that how Nelson was being painted as uh, that bad guy because he's really not that bad a guy at all. He's the best man at my wedding, best friend, and, um, you know, he'd give you the shirt off his back, but the Nelson of the week, like even Nick Prohl was like, Nelson is such an asshole. <laughs> he's really not. <laughs> he's just Adam's big brother. And, you know, if you've had a big brother, you have a big brother, you know what, you know. It you have stories. Yeah. yeah. I am the big brother. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure your younger siblings have just oh, as yeah. many stories oh, yeah. about Mr. Ryan Manning. My whole family. <laughs> Nonstop. Every family function. Oh, I remember that time that you left Seth, you know, at the amusement park where you let go of his hand and let him wander around. Like, <laughs> I was nine. <laughs> Maybe 12. Like, oh, you let go of his hand. Unbuckled his seatbelt in the roller coaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he made it to Lost and Found. <laughs> He's doing a podcast right now. You know my brother, Ryan? Okay, speaking of some stats that uh, we want to thank everybody for listening, uh, Panama Panama is our new international top of the charts this week. Panama. Um, Altoona, Pennsylvania? Are they gearing up? Is that anywhere near Boston? Never heard of it. Altoona, Pennsylvania? Altoona, Pennsylvania. JD frequents that, so maybe. Ah, maybe he's down Maybe. I like to think that we have new listeners in Altoona, Pennsylvania, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Um, since... Odin Road, Netherlands. And to our Dutch listeners. Uh, Buffalo, New York looks like a new city. Sao Paulo, Brazil. We've Ooh. seen you guys before. Whitaker, California. That's new. A uh, bunch of new, little small downloads, listens. Norrköping, Sweden. I don't even know how to say that. Madison, Wisconsin, of course. Melbourne, Australia. Pham Phen, Cambodia. Shout out to our Asian listeners over there. New York, New York, Weasel, Germany, Enschot, Netherlands, Canmore, Canada, Nubantaburi, Thailand. You've got an influx of Asian listeners. Hola. Awesome. Uh, Flossmore, Illinois, that's probably Jared and Claire, Redmond, Washington. Um, of course, our listeners, Chicago and Zurich, Switzerland. I'm basically just reading out the list instead of compiling normal stats, but... Um, impromptu podcast. Everybody, thanks for listening. For those of you new to the show, welcome to the show. And I uh, hope you enjoy our little spinoff this week. And we'll get back to normal recording when Adam gets back from his vacation. He'll tell us all about Boston and Cheers and historical landmarks. Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston. Oh, is he in Boston? He is in Boston. Or is it Boston? I guess if you ask them, it's Boston. Yeah. Have and you guys ever it. been? They love it when you say park the car. <laughs> uh, I've been in Boston one time. I've never been. I've never really pictured it as a destination, like, let's go to Boston. Like, you know, we're eating Boston cream donuts, and I gotta imagine they, they're pretty good. It is. 
Mm-hmm. Do they just call them cream donuts there? Just cream, <laughs> cream donuts? <laughs> kind of like how they call it China and China plates. <laughs> they still, they still <laughs> nice, you know, plates everywhere. They still call it Chinese food? It might. They just like call it dinner. We don't call it American food. Let's go out for some American food. <laughs> I would like to go to China and just walk out to a restaurant. Like, yeah, I would like some General Tao's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you get that some orange chicken here? Yeah. You think they have the same thing over there? Yeah, that's like, what I wonder. You, know, I, you have I some Norman Schwarzkopf fried chicken? <laughs> <laughs> but like, why? I, I've never pictured Boston as a destination site. I, like, I know the reason behind, behind Adam and Maria going to Boston. And I think the idea is that um, they're not beach people. And they didn't want to go to like a crowded city like New York. Probably a lot of people from Chicago who go to New York end up coming back pissed off. Because it's oh, just, yeah. it's not a very um, friendly Have you been city. to New York? No, not yet. The, well, the delis are amazing. Oh, I'd imagine. Like that really. I mean, it's funny for me to say that, but the reason why I went to New York was actually I was in Vegas and we stayed in New York, New York, and they had an authentic. I'm doing air quotes right now. New York deli. Uh-huh. And I tried it and they had, you know, the matzo ball soup. They had the certain subs that were just amazing. And I'm like, huh, if this is in New York, you know, in Las Vegas, and it's, you know, fake New York deli. I wonder what the real New York deli is going to be like. And I went there and that's really what, you know, I wanted to see other things and, you know, go see attractions. But yes, that was. What so so would, you say, would you say the New York, New York in Vegas delis were spot on? Or comparable. Or... I, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't as good as some of the places I went to, but it was very good. Hmm. Are we having never been to New York? I was just in New York. Oh yeah, <laughs> like two weeks ago. Did you go to a deli? No, I'm not a sandwich person. I'm a very picky eater, like very picky eater. Like only buttered noodles or like weird. That was ramen know, and tang. No, I'll, I'll I'll do you one more. <laughs> only were... noodles, no butter. No. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that was me for a we, while. We were raised on ramen and tang. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who I was talking to. Somebody was telling me recently they don't put butter on their noodles; they put sugar. Ooh, that's, that's the weird. only that's the only way they could eat their noodles. They it put might have sugar. been Adam. No, it wasn't Adam. Oh. And for you listeners out there, Tang the drink. <laughs> we raised on Tang the drink. Not not the the weapon. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Eat your damn ramen. <laughs> So yeah, New York was awesome. We stayed in Times Square, so that was kind of cool. Um, we had the windows open, turned all the lights off, and fell asleep on the all the lights in Times Square, which was cool. We went to the Empire State Building that I didn't know was open till two in the morning, so we went there at one in the morning. Wow. I passed all the lines and checked out the view at night, which was cool. I'll probably get shot for this living in Chicago, but I prefer New York pizza over Chicago pizza. Sorry guys, but yeah, podcast done. <laughs> really, don't want 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 that either. I literally can't even right now. <laughs> Yeah. Literally. Drop the donut, he's out. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you using your Chicago? I was gonna say, them? I just keep disappointing the Chicagoans out there. But yeah, the New York pizza is pretty good. I, um, I do see the I mean you do get more bang for your buck. I mean you get it's a larger pizza, but I just it's not as filling. You know, we were talking about the deli in New York deli and I kinda of wonder how other delis stack up. It's like I go to other places and they have Chicago style pizza and it's just disappointing. Like I worked for a company called Old Chicago, or at least it, Old Chicago was a division of the company that I worked for, and um, they were so excited to have a Chicagoan in an Old Chicago. Old Chicago is a pizza joint for those of you who are not familiar with it. And it's in every, well, just about everywhere across the country except for Chicago. And there's a reason because the Chicago style pizza sucks. Like, they're so excited. It's a Chicago style pizza. Try it. It's great. Uh, it's horrible. I've had frozen Chicago pizza. <laughs> 
that tastes better than Chicago. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's... When you say frozen Chicago pizza, do you mean, like, the Lou to go or, you know, where they should Like, Gino's East frozen, like yeah. you could find okay. it in Jewel. Uh-huh. It was better than this old Chicago pizza. And even yeah. then, that's kind of a stretch because, I mean, Gino's East frozen, is it's not like going into, like, the Lou Malnati's and getting yeah. in, like, fresh buttered fried mm. crust. Nothing like it. So, yeah. I'm trying to think where other places are that would have food that you need to get from that area. Well, so... I wonder if the New England clam chowder in Boston. Yes, actually. From what I understand from certain, you know, a coworker of mine and a few friends of mine, mm-hmm. yes, the, the clam chowder out there is a million times better. I'm not really a fan of the clam chowder. I mean, I think if I'm going to go soup, um, I'm going to go cream of chicken noodle first. Yeah. Cream of chicken and rice. Maybe like cream of mushroom clam chowder. Never really been. Do you eat soup? I do eat okay. soup, actually. Besides ramen. Besides ramen. <laughs> I'm chicken noodle. You know, good old chicken noodle. Okay. Well, but, sometimes they really fuck that up with celery. The celery and carrots. Oh, I dig celery. I like celery. Yeah, that's a too much. Yeah. I'm I like the the creamy soup. Cream of mushroom. Um So do you like the cream of chicken? Yes, cream okay. of chicken is good, but I prefer noodles instead of rice in the cream of chicken. You know it's really, really good. It's around here. This place called Peaches and Pears. Their cream of mushroom soup is good. And Blueberry Hill, which is in Oak Brook and um, Oh yeah, yeah. Their chicken dumpling is off the chine. That's really good. So you guys should try that. <laughs> trying to think if I ever had any out-of-state, out-of-town soup that's off the chain. That's really good. I think the only the only other food that sticks out of my head is um, a Philly cheesesteak in Philadelphia. Now that I do want to go. That is yeah, good. Golden, that golden. is good. I heard they rip like the inside of the bread out and just shove everything inside the loaf. That's good. Which makes for convenient eating. See, yeah. I like to do that most of the time anyways. Very few places do I find the bread where I actually like really like the bread. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like the, you know, when you go to Subway, it's more of like the crust that is the flavor. So you know, you could it's just the vessel in which to eat the food. So the vessel to eat. <laughs> I yeah. like it. I like yeah. it. I think I'll take. I think I'll take Jimmy John's if we're going chain food. I'll take Jimmy John's bread over Subway. Like I've gone into a Jimmy John's just to order the loaves of bread. I have a friend who works at Jimmy John's, and she was telling me, you know, of course you could buy the bread. Done that a couple times. She takes it home and makes garlic bread with it. Uh, and I'm sitting there, idea. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that sounds amazing because I like their bread, you know. And I'm just like. That as a garlic bread, I think would be really good. I think Denny's does it, and also uh, Philly's Best off of like right off of Halstead and Greektown, they serve the oh. Philly cheesesteak on garlic bread. Yeah, Philly's mm-hmm. Best is pretty good. Yeah. It's really good. But getting back to the Boston trip, <clears throat> was Boston like a destination when you went there, or was it like a layover, work. or just like ah uh, okay? Yeah, I had to go there for work. Just kind of an odd, much fun, odd destination place. I've yeah. always wanted to go to Boston. I thought Boston was like a nice place. I mean, isn't the Hamptons yeah. out there in Massachusetts? And it's like a nice scenery. I don't know. I, didn't, I never really thought of it as a destination place. And like Adam Maria went. It's like <coughs> kind of an odd choice. Because this is technically, they've never really had a honeymoon. They got married and got pregnant like all on the same day, pretty much. And then yeah. they got pregnant right after that. So they've never really taken a trip together. So this is like the first trip. Sans kids. That's good. You gotta imagine, you know, they miss the kids. But um, it's kind of an odd selection. Let me talk about it a little bit more when he gets back. I mean, Adam's kind of an odd guy. You know, part of me thinks, you know, I wonder if they just kind of had a map of the United States and threw a dart. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. I would love to do that. I have a buddy of mine, Nate, and we talked about it, and I'm pretty sure he does it with another buddy of his, where they show up to an airport and they just bring a whole suitcase full of random clothes, and they say, what is the next flight that I can catch 
to anywhere that's under this price. Still 50 bucks on the table. Where can I go? <laughs> yeah, and, and pretty much, yeah. And I think that would be really cool to do. You know, that's awesome. Just take a long weekend and say, hey, let's go to whatever the next flight, you know, in... Klamath Falls, Oregon, which I heard is awesome. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Klamath Falls, yeah. Oregon? Yeah. And, and where did that come from? My husband travels for work. Okay. So he was, he was like, I have to go to Klamath Falls. But when he went, he the place he stayed on was like surrounded by mountains and a bunch of wildlife. This place is actually awesome. And yeah, it's on, just, by just, some like awesome golf course. Just like looking at JD, you would think that he would be a very outdoorsy kind of guy. Really? Like, you think so? Very tall with a beard. He could be like the brawny stand-in guy. That's like, true. Yeah. He's very um, lumberjack-esque. Yeah, yeah. So I could see that he would like Oregon. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I'm more of like a commercial vacationer, you know? Yeah. I want to see the tourist spots. And even then, it's like, okay, what's next? All right, what's on the agenda? Like, what are we doing today? I don't know. I like to take my vacations. I like to plan two days of, like, activity. And then, like, one day, I'm just like, okay, let's see what happens. And another two days of, like, okay, let's do this. I just want to eat when I'm on my vacation. Like, let's go find some place nice to eat. But first, let's go get something to eat before we find some nice place to eat. But see, it's kind of hard to do outside Chicago. Because, again, yeah, I understand the whole being a picky eater. And it's kind of like, I don't really like this. (laughs) Like Hawaii, like I went to Hawaii and I'm not a big eater of fish. Oh, God. Like, I'm not really into seafood. And it's like, oh, with fresh fish and try the mahi. And like, yeah. I know. We're Asian. Don't eat seafood. Yeah. I'm giving the look right now. <laughs> we're Asian from an island <laughs> in the Pacific. <laughs> and you don't like seafood. <laughs> yeah. We're about as non-Asian as <laughs> Right. As I was going on, I feel more and more Asian than you two. <laughs> I've already talked about anime, fish, you know. Wow. You wearing a kimono under that? I, uh, <laughs> makes me more aerodynamic. <laughs> when I was in Hawaii. Where's that from? It's making me more aerodynamic. You were, I forget what he said. You're wearing this and I'm wearing a kimono. Makes me more aerodynamic when I fight. No? No. Pineapple Express? Oh, uh, yeah. Never seen it. I haven't seen it for a long time. Mm. It was on a string of those where all the movies seemed very similar to me. Mm. And I'm just kind of like, eh. I've actually never seen a movie, anything quite like Pineapple Express. Like, it was supposed to be like a stoner funny movie. And it kind of wasn't a stoner funny, but it was just like an awkward movie. It's more of the acting. Yeah. You know, James Franco, I really don't, didn't know too much about him at that point. But Seth Rogen yeah. is the same character. You know, same with Jonah Hill, the same character in every movie. Well, the thing was is that I don't know if where I heard this from, if it's it's true or if it's um, you know just a rumor. Seth Rogen and James Franco switched roles in Pineapple Express, which would actually make more sense because Seth Rogen seems like a more natural drug dealer, and um, you know James Franco seems more like a natural court summons whatever you hell they call those people, the subpoena. Yeah. Subpoena. Subpoena. Yeah. I don't know. I think knowing James Franco as he is now, you know, and seeing everything he's been in, he dives into the roles that he's in just like, you know, 100%. I love James Franco. Uh, oh, don't get me wrong. You did a great job in the role, but it just, it seems like the casting seemed backwards. So when somebody told me that, yeah, they actually switched, they decided they wanted to switch role, maybe they just kind of challenged their range. And then it started to make a little more sense. But um, Danny McBride, I think, steals that movie. They kind of introduced us to Danny McBride, or at least I couldn't think of anything he's been in before then besides it. And then that kind of was a prelude to uh, Eastbound and Down, mm-hmm. produced by Will Ferrell. Yeah, I can't think of anything else Danny McBride's been in before Pineapple Express. Um, This is the end. Wasn't he in there? Well, that was after. That was after. Yeah. Did you guys see the movie with, is it, not Seth Rogen, James Franco and Jonah Hill? Most likely not. True story? True story. No. I thought it was pretty good. 
I like because they're taking a more serious role. Dark, dark, serious role. I like it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Entertaining. James Franco in a dark, serious role? Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I did play uh, Hobgoblin in Spider Man. <laughs> was he Hobgoblin? Because uh, his father was Green Goblin, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So technically it was Hobgoblin, even though they never really credit him as Hobgoblin. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be the Green Goblin. And his father was supposed to be Hobgoblin? I'm not good with the Spider-Man mythos. You're looking it up? I'm going to. But kind of a waste of, uh, um, what, was it? what was his father's name in the movie? Can't, I'm drawing a William Defoe? William Defoe. Kind of a waste of... Willem. Some, Willem Defoe. Yeah. Kind of a waste to put him behind a mask. Like, he's such a great... Like, well, he has that legendary scene where he's just sitting there talking to himself in the room. Yeah. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Where he just kind of goes crazy, and that right there is... Well, even even in 3, when he was like, Avenge me! Yeah. <laughs> like whenever, you know, I really feel that 3 is underrated. Everybody hates 3. I really enjoyed the opening sequence. At least the opening sequence. That was... I, don't know, I thought that was pretty good, where he's on the hoverboard and you know, just kind of fight, breaks out. I don't remember. No? Spider-Man 3? I was not really... I, I get them all mixed up now. Yeah. All, all the Spider-Man movies, because they just kind of... The first one, I liked. You know, with Tommy McGuire, I liked it. But it was just kind of... Say Tony McGuire? No, Toby. Oh. <laughs> Tony McGuire. Yeah. Toby McFucking Guire. <laughs> no, I, I liked the first one, but then the second and the third just kind of blended together for me. Where I didn't really... They were all right, but it wasn't the point where I needed to, like, I need to see that. Yeah, and Kristen Dunst was probably bad casting for Mary Jane. They kept probably going to put somebody... I don't know. I can't think of any, anybody back in the day that would camp, but Kristen Dunst was just... Yeah. So is Mary Jane supposed to be like a cute girl next door or? Yeah. 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 yeah so Kristen Dunst, she still looks like a vampire to me. Buxom redhead. I mean, she got away from the interview with a vampire role for me when um, she was in Bring It On, but I mean. Still, it's, I think it's, again, it's her mouth. There's something with the mouth. Or teeth. The way her mouth moves and exposes her teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. So do you have a problem with Emma Stone, too? Actually, no. I think Emma Stone, I think it's more so her personality. She just seems like a really cool chick. Yeah. Mm. Although I would have liked to have seen her as Mary Jane than Gwen Stacy. Yes! Because she's, she's redhead. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I guess they had to go to the Gwen Stacy role. Is she a natural redhead, though, Emma Stone? I don't know if the really matches think... the drapes. I, like, yeah. I haven't had the privilege of oh seeing God. So. Sorry. <laughs> but Bryce Dallas Howard, that was probably her hottest role as Gwen Stacy. Look good as a blonde. I'm not a fan of, uh, um, I'm not really a fan of her aside from that. No? Doesn't, really? I doesn't, Bryce Dallas Howard really does nothing for me. Like, Jurassic World, kind of, uh, not so much. I don't know what it is. You have weird taste, Rod. Hmm, so I'm told. What else do you guys want to cover? You want to jump into some segments? I want to give you guys an opportunity to critique the show. What did you think of, have you heard of the new Uchi movie game? Or the three-word movie? Yeah. Are you familiar with it all? Yes, and I find it a little confusing, maybe because I'm just slow and stupid but i find it a little confusing i'm like okay wait what do i just what <laughs> so so the uchi movie game the way it works is i throw out a quote and this is kind of the replacement of the uh what you, say. you say yeah have an upgrade on it i throw out a movie quote and you have to guess the movie all right um whether you guess the movie correctly or not you get one point so you get a point for every answer if you guess the movie quote correct then I give you a quote from the next movie. So after you get the second movie correct, you have to guess what actor I've selected that plays a role in both movies. Okay. So you're given two quotes and you have to guess the actor in both movies? No, okay, so let, let me try to explain this again. <laughs> so Thank you, Ryan. I, I give you a movie quote. Okay. You have to guess the movie. Got it. Either you guess the movie or you don't guess the movie. But you have to give an answer, which gives you a point. Okay. Um, if you don't guess the movie, then I give you the uh, same, 
the another quote from the same movie until you guess the movie. So I just keep feeding you quotes oh. until you guess the movie. Um, once you guess the movie, we can move on to the second movie. I give you a quote from that movie. If you get it wrong, then I give you another quote, and you keep getting points for every answer that you give. Okay? After you guess the second movie, you have the opportunity to guess the actor that appeared in both movies. And if you guess the actor, you win the game. If you guess the movie but not the actor, then we move on to the next movie. Then we move on to the next movie. So what do the points mean? The points. Uh, the point of the game is to get the lowest score. Oh. So the best possible score is a three. So we're going by golf rules. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the lowest the lowest Adams ever scored on this game would be a four. four. Oh. And Sandra actually scored a four on the first. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. On the sample round, the softball I gave him, he scored a three because it was Tom Hanks. Okay. And I kind of threw him a softball so he understand how the movie game, the Uchi movie game, works. Well, like a kickball. Yeah. Nobody ever strikes out in kickball. I yeah. apologize for that kid that struck out in kickball. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, <laughs> kickball's too hard. Yeah. But yeah, so the the point of the game is to um, to get the lowest possible score. Um, you want to get the uh, the first movie on the first quote, and if you get the second movie on the second quote, and then you get the actor right away, and that's three points. So that's the lowest possible score you can get in the oh. movie game. So is the first quote really hard? Does it make it easier? Well, everything's off of IMDb. So it's generally pretty um, pretty simple because it's available on IMDb. And, I, and know, do you go obscure usually with your movie No, characters? no. I usually go mainstream. Like you Ernie know. Ray is senior? No, no. Because <laughs> the, the thing is I have to go off of IMDb because I don't know which quote that you're going to up, pick up the movie on. Like I'm obviously not going to go... Dr. Sandler, my dear Dr. Grant, welcome to Jurassic Park, because that would be... <laughs> that would know. be funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I'll try to go a little difficult. I think um, one round we went um, six points, and um, I forget who it was that uh, the actor was. I think it was uh, episode 71, where Adam couldn't get The Incredibles. So it was The Incredibles, and then um, I threw out a quote. Um, it was probably from... I don't know, it might have been Coming to America. I have to go back and listen to it. But it was, Wait, eventually... was that the episode I was on? No. Um, we only played the Uchi movie game. Did we play the Uchi movie game when you were there? Yeah, and I looked like a deer in headlights the whole time when you were playing the Uchi oh, okay. movie game. Yeah, maybe then what was the one you were on? Actually, I, don't, I haven't finished editing that episode. Do we dare to venture to try the Uchi movie game? We can try. I think Ryan has a little bit more knowledge of movies. Movie knowledge? Alright. So this would be a good... Because the point of the Uchi movie game is I want to get people involved in it. Like, for those of you listening and playing at home, like I want you to like post your scores to see how well you do against Adam, because Adam's score is going to be relatively low. Um, Sandra beat Adam on the, uh, the first Uchi movie game, oh. but um, I don't know. Let's see, uh, let's see how well you guys do. Let me see. So let's pick a movie. Okay, so we'll start with the first movie. I'll throw out a quote out there, and I'll keep throwing quotes until you guess the movie. Once you guess the movie, we'll move on to the next movie. Once we have the second movie guessed, you have the opportunity to guess the actor. Remember, if you give an answer, even if it's a guess and you get it wrong, that counts as a point. Aye, aye, Captain. You usually have to edit a lot of this out because I'm looking for the quote section. Da, 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 da. Oh, no wonder there are no quotes in this section because this movie hasn't come out yet. <laughs> I kind of hate how IMDb does it. <laughs> you try to put this in a movie that's not out yet? <laughs> well, obviously there are no quotes from yeah. this movie yet. Yeah. Ronnie's pulling a Tom Brady on us. Cheating? Cheating. Yeah. I don't think he did it. No? No. I don't, I don't see the point of uh, deflate. I don't see how that would create an advantage. But it does. Huge. But doesn't... Don't they say that he likes his balls semi-deflated? <laughs> <laughs> heavier? Heavier is the term, I think. He likes his balls heavier? Yep. I don't know. You gotta ask uh, Giselle. Giselle Bunchen. Uh, about that. I think a list came out recently, and I think she still is the highest paid model. Again. Yeah? 
I wonder how she likes her balls. I'd be more interested in that. Probably semi-deflated, too. Okay, first quote, first movie. I just wanted to tell you how grateful I am that you've accepted me despite my blunders. Even if you don't have a guess, it still counts as a point. So that's kind of uh, vague. That wasn't my guess. (laughs) (laughs) Any guess? We're going to go with old school. Incorrect. Okay, let's do this one. I have lived my life... No, sorry. I have lived most of my life surrounded by my enemies. I will be grateful to die among my friends. Can you repeat the quote? I have lived most of my life surrounded by my enemies. I will be grateful to die amongst my friends. What is Guardians of the Galaxy? Correct. Two points. <laughs> well done. Okay, moving on to the next movie. I just got that on Blu-ray. I saw it in theaters. I haven't seen it since I've then. seen it like 12 times. No. Yeah. <laughs> Quick note about the game. The quote isn't necessarily the actor Understood. Um, that we're talking about. It could be just a movie that that actor was in. Movie quotes for 200, please, Rob. Movie quotes, movie quotes, movie quotes. It is potent potables. <laughs> I'll select a teach for five hundred, Alex. Funny how everyone knows that. <laughs> I think more people can quote. I mean, Jeopardy. the quotability of Jeopardy <laughs> isn't really that quotable. But you know, the Saturday Night Live skit. I don't know anybody that I'm friends with that can't at least quote one of Sean Connery's lines. <laughs> the day is mine. <laughs> okay, next movie. That's it? A name? I could throw a fortune cookie and we'll go through a window of 50 David Parks. We are sitting on two points. Yeah. Throw a fortune cookie, David Park. That's it? A name? I could throw a fortune cookie and it will go through the window of 50 David Parks. I have no idea. I'm tapping out, Ryan. Yeah. Tap out? Okay. Four points so far. All right. Next quote. Same movie. I thought we'd be robbing banks by now, not some gas truck in the middle of nowhere. Oh, okay. Is this the Fast and the Furious? Yeah, that is correct. So that is... So it's Vin Diesel? That is six points. Here, try again. That was hard. Sure. That was pretty difficult. I need to watch more movies. Well, part of, what scene was it where he talked about David Park? Um, when they're looking for the Korean guy. What Korean guy? David Park. Okay, next game, well, next round, first movie, first quote. If you build it, they will come. Feel the dreams. Is correct. One point. Ding, ding. Next movie, first quote. Michael, our clients are Japanese. They can't wait for their fish to cook. Jeez. Michael, our clients are Japanese. They can't wait for their fish to cook. Michael, clients are Japanese. Can't wait for their fish to cook. Don't know. No? Okay, two points. The world? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're on two points. Um, next quote, same movie. Michael Jackson, the first man to clone himself, is now suing himself for molesting himself. What movie is this? Michael Jackson, the first man to clone himself, is now suing himself for molesting himself. I'm trying to think of a movie where they clone themselves. The movie that comes to mind, this is not my guess, is with Sylvester... Oh, is it Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock? And that's what I was thinking first, too. So I'm trying to think of an actor who would be in both those movies. What's that movie called? Demolition Man? Was it the Or was it Judge Dredd? No. Next quote? Yeah. Alright, we're on three points. Yeah. Whoa, cowboy. I said, land the Watsuhita account and you'll get promoted. I didn't mean right this second. I don't know if you guys seen this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Is it a foreign film? No. Yeah, we may have failed out of this one. Nail the Watsuhita? Watsuhita account. No? No. Alright, four points. Here's the next quote. I think you guys are getting it after this. What? Your dad's stereo blows? No, it's a Bose. 
No? No. All right, I think we're going to cap this one at three quotes for the movie yeah. called Five Points. The movie was Click. With Adam Sandler? Yes. Oh, what? Was it in, like, the well, uh, uncut scenes? <laughs> Click? I did not like that movie at all. Really? I like that movie. At all. Did you see Pixels? No. <laughs> a lot of those comedies I can't just take, I can't take anymore. Two yeah. words. Kate Beckinsale. Click was just, it was on like TBC or something. And I was watching, I'm like, ah, oh, just watch it. It wasn't until the end, I'm like, okay, I like this movie. Okay, we'll call it five points. First movie was Feel the Dream. Second movie was Click. Moving on to the third movie. I think we might have to cap these rounds at three three quotes per movie. That sounds like a good plan. Adam, uh, I don't know. Adam probably won't. Well, if you haven't three. seen the movie, you know, you're not going to get it. Hum, you know, unless you say, you know, the movie is Click. What's the movie? You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so not to be a dead giveaway, but this quote can actually go for both movies, which will still work for the game. Next movie, next quote. Do not alert him to my presence. I'll deal with him myself. Star Wars. Is correct. Yes. <laughs> who, who, do, have you seen... I have seen Star Wars, but I don't know. Have you seen Field of Dreams? No. So there's supports. two actors that could be. There, I mean, there's technically three. I'm trying to think of who the guy was that was trying to buy the field. But there's really two main characters in Field of Dreams. Oh, the, only know I, the only person I know in Field of Dreams, and if this is even right, is Kevin Costner. No. Okay, that's so not I didn't guess. The <laughs> who, Who's the guy that Kevin Costner sought out? This is for seven points. The father in Coming to America. I don't remember that. James Earl Jones. Okay. Is correct. Ah! For seven points. And that quote was actually in both Coming to America and Star Wars. Really? Yeah. Wow. Kind of like Must Go Faster was in Independence Day and also in Jurassic Park. Nice. Not to be confused with Gotta Go Fast, which is Sonic the Hedgehog. The movie? The music. That's the name of the song? That's how the song goes. I never knew that song had lyrics. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the uncover. None of my apps are working on my phone for some reason. No? No. iPhone problems. Okay, bro. (laughs) I feel, because I've been listening to the show and obviously I'm related to Rodney. Mm -hmm. I know Rodney and I feel like I know Adam only because I'm listening to the show and I hear, you know, the things that they talk about and discuss and what they like and what they don't like. And so what I like to do with you, Ryan, so this is the first time I'm meeting you, is do a quick... 10 question right left with you. So I'll give you like two things you tell me right or left. Or you can just give me the answer. A spin on left to right. So I can now kind of get to know you a little bit more. I mean, I we had a little bit off conversations about where you work and what kind of donuts you like and... Boston cream. Boston cream. Boston cream filled with chocolate cream. So, yeah, I would like to get to know you a little bit. All right. All right, you ready? Marvel versus DC. Comics or movies? Ah, I would have to say, okay, let's just do two, comics and movies. So Marvel versus DC for movies. The movies, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Marvel. Okay, comics? Comics, DC. Really? Yeah. Blonde or brunette? Brunette. Xbox versus PlayStation? Xbox. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? I feel like I'm being too difficult. For coffee or food? Coffee or food. Coffee. Exactly. Coffee. coffee yeah. I, pick, I prefer Starbucks. Uh, Apple or Android? I don't even know you anymore. What was that? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Apple or Android? Oh, Android. <laughs> Socks or Cubs? <laughs> Cubs. Yeah. And then just a couple discussion questions. Favorite movie? That's a loaded question. <laughs> I own probably 3,000 movies. Whoa. That might be more than Liz. No. 
including digital media. Wow. And Blu-ray, DVD, VHS, probably close to 3,000 now. If you had to pick one for, I'm going to go a la Chive podcast and the post-apocalyptic questions. Right. You have to pick one movie for the rest of your days, post-apocalypse. It's the one movie that plays on the one DVD player. On the coconut, on the coconut TV. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to narrow it down to two. And from there, I'm probably going to have to go with the one that I talked about previously on the podcast. And I don't know why. I mean, the first one is a given for most people, The Shawshank Redemption. I still have not seen this movie. The rewatchability and the watchability of The Shawshank Redemption is... 200 miles. Yeah. Oh, shit. Andy Dufresne, my friend. <laughs> Uh, unbelievable movie. I've I've watched that movie too many times. But the movie that I've watched more than that, Bloodsport. Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Is that the one where he's doing the splits? He does that in every movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's <true>. splits. <laughs> I think it's in John Claude Van Damme's contract. Contract. Yeah. It's like what? What's the name of the movie? Can I do the splits? <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. All right. Favorite band. Oh, that's a loaded question too. Again, post-apocalyptic. One 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 MP3 file <laughs> that you can listen to okay. on the coconut Are we going band, or so we're, we're doing one artist, the last artist on your iPod that you yes. get to listen to. Band slash artist, whatever. Only because I can only pick one, Sinatra. Ah. Yeah. You a classy bitch. Yeah. Well, in case you run into that post-apocalyptic. Well, you said blast. one. You made me think. You're like one MP3, one song, one artist. What is the last artist? And then I don't know if the next one's my favorite song, but sure. my favorite song is Fly Me to the Moon ah. from Sinatra. So it would be easy. You got, you got to hang on to that for versatility because it's yeah. versatility for entertainment. And if by chance you ran into the last woman on earth and you have to repopulate the earth, you need yeah. to get in on music. If you could be a superhero, which superhero would you be? And it could be from DC or Marvel. For anyone to not say Superman would be funny because he's just pretty much all-encompassing and whatever they want him to do, he can do. I mean, if you look through the ages, you know, how crazy powerful he's getting and they keep adding powers that he can do. Now, would it detract from your choice if it came out that Superman could not bang chicks because he's an alien? Well, do I have a kryptonite condom? That's a real question. (laughs) No. Including Wonder Woman. So when you say you could be a superhero, does that mean that you get... Their accessories as well. Sure. Like I mean, I, I don't mean like you know, like Batman's money or you know, but like if I was to be a lantern, you know, the Green Lantern, would I get a power ring and a power source to charge the ring? Yeah, I, I would have to go with Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah. And your favorite actor? I don't and, know why I'm taking notes, but I am. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and that's debatable. So when I see you again, we can discuss yeah. things. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Kevin Spacey. He is a very diverse actor, mm-hmm. and he did an interview not too long ago when I was reading about him that he doesn't give a lot of his personal life information away, or he tries to be as you know secluded as he can, mm-hmm. because if people found out more about him personally, it could take away from the characters that he plays. Hmm. Interesting. And so, because we don't know as much about him, and he's not, you know, all you know, headline the news all the time. When people see him in movies, they you know don't see it as you know, like when you you know when you see Megan Fox in anything now, it's oh that's Megan Fox, not oh that's April O'Neil. Ah. So he's literally prop from Capex. Yes. Shout out to Luke from you're going to get a disease. That's his favorite actor. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Do you watch House of Kids? Uh, funny enough, no, no, really? I don't. well, not yet. They have too many shows that I'm watching. 
So, you know, if we're doing the, you know, um, I just saw, I just finished the second, I just finished the second season of X-Files and I'm working my way through that and... I've never seen X-Files. Oh my God. It's so tedious. It's tedious? Yeah. Well, so? It's a great show, but there's so many episodes. That's Mulder and Scully, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sandra's yeah. a huge, Sandra and Nelson are huge fans. I've never, um, I've never known X-Files or been into X-Files. Yeah. I mean... Just getting through two seasons, and that's all I'm watching. I mean, I watched The Ultimate Fighter, you know, the, the pilot episode. I haven't seen the second one yet. And that's the only TV I've watched in the past month besides X-Files. And I just finished the second season. Whereas if you watch that much for, you know, I would have already finished Firefly finish, yeah. twice over. I would have already watched, you know, almost every Full Metal Alchemist, which I've watched lately, which is an anime. Sorry, I know. <laughs> You guys are fake Asians. I like the book. <laughs> <laughs> We're Twinkies. <laughs> Yellow on the outside, really white on the inside. That's true. What would that make me? <laughs> Boston cream donut? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll love that. <laughs> white on the outside, yellow on the inside. A little bit of chocolate on top. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Reference to the WWE podcast that we're still trying to put together. Yeah. And that's it. That's all my questions. Thank you for answering. Now I get. Have to you answer. answered those questions? I have over a series of episodes, but I can answer for yeah, you. Yeah, let's get a, a brief synopsis of. So for me, movies would be Marvel. Comics would be Marvel. All right. Even though I have Wonder Woman, everything and Wonder Woman cup. Um, brunettes, Xbox, Latina thirty three can find me. Um, favorite movie. This is all. What's your Xbox? Latina thirty three. Lachina? Mm-hmm. Spell it. L-A-C-H-I-N-A. Okay. Lachina. Where did that come from? Uh, my friends in high school used to call me Lachina, which is the Chinese girl. Uh, Even though I'm not Chinese, well, I am a little, very little. Very small percentage. Very small percentage. A percentage of a percentage. Yeah. For lattes, Starbucks, coffee, Dunkin' Donuts. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just said coffee. Well, for, okay, do you drink lattes? I guess another form of coffee? What do you get? At, what's your order at Starbucks? There it is. White chocolate mocha. Where would you go for coffee? Keurig. <laughs> if I'm drinking actual coffee, I don't buy it. If I want fake coffee, as I call it, I go to Starbucks. I'm going to take a page out of the Vag Dialogue. Shout out to Claire Sampson. What do you order at Chipotle? Ooh. The steak burrito with hot sauce and corn. White or brown rice? White. Black beans. Easy on the beans. Because the beans just kind of make it too mushy at times. And I don't really like it. I don't really like that. You know. And then... Sour cream and extra cheese. No guac. The, if the guac wasn't $2. Worth it. You think so? Oh, yeah. I have gone to the Jewel by the Chipotle that I go to and bought guacamole so I could put it on my burrito. <laughs> Is it less than $2? It's, I think it's two oh five, and it's a tub. I mean, I could make guac. Like, I'm actually very good at making guac, but it's just too tedious. I mean... I'll pay for I'll pay for the guac and chipotle. Sometimes you have to splurge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd order it with the pinky up. Yeah, I'll have the guac. I'll have the guac. Please. I'll have the guac. I'll have the guac love. <laughs> Burrito bowl. Yeah. Uh, with the white cilantro lime rice. Meat. Steak. Lettuce. Beans. No. Veggies. And lettuce is my veggie. Well, I don't like lettuce. Mm. I love it on lettuce. And the mild salsa. See, pretty boring. My traditional order for years has been steak burrito, white rice, black beans, whatever the tomato salsa is with the corn, cheese, sour cream, and guacamole. 
No lettuce. But I've switched it up in this past week to go from burrito to burrito bowl. Mainly because I was buying dinner when Sandra had already ate, but I know if I got a bowl, we'd be able to share it. And I did the bowl with chips. Aww. Which I feel... <laughs> Having the bowl of chips is almost easier than eating the burrito because if you get the burrito, you're committed to the burrito. <laughs> you have to finish the burrito. Even if you're full and there's like two bites left, you have to get those last two bites because otherwise you're throwing away the burrito. Mm -hmm. If you go with the bowl and you don't finish the bowl, at least the bottom of the bowl is really just the rice. So I feel like if I don't finish the bowl, I can still cover it up and maybe get back to it later, which I never do. That's true. I almost agree. I have thrown away the rest of a burrito. <laughs> Ooh. I've had to eat the steak out of it. <laughs> ah. So if I eat all the meat, that is really what I consider the burrito. And so then if I, I could at least justify saying, well, I ate all the meat. But do you feel less accomplished if you... I couldn't finish that burrito. Uh, no. Maybe it's just me then. I just... I don't have competitions with myself in eating <laughs> in my own head. I'm sorry. You know, I don't sit there and... Well, well see, we were raised... I don't want to say we were raised poor. Because, um, you know, I mean, we're not well-to-do. Say, like, let's say lower middle class or, like, middle middle class. You know, obviously, tang and ramen. Tang the drink. If there was a last grain of rice on your plate, you finished it. Or you don't mm. put anything on your plate that you're not going to finish. Otherwise, you got a stern lecture because... People you know, out there are starving and yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Which I've learned over the years is a bad way to raise your kids because it develops a, you know, not an eating disorder, but this mentality that you have to finish food, which isn't healthy because kids inherently know when their stomach is full. Mm -hmm. So I've always had that thing where it's like, if there's food left, you have to finish it or at least make use of it or give it to somebody who can finish it or... Yeah, like your mom or dad. <laughs> two things about me that I'm, I'm going to share with you. One, love leftovers. So if there was a quarter of the burrito left, I would have saved it and eaten the rest of it later. But see, the tortillas don't hold well. I just It's a totally different. Do you throw it in the fridge? Yeah. You know, it's just not the same. There, there are just certain things that, like pizza, for example. My testament of good pizza is if you can eat the pizza the next morning, it's awesome pizza. I can eat Lou Malnati's deep dish cold out of the fridge. Any but, pizza. But Chipotle burrito? Mm. Isn't bad. Kind of a stretch. Isn't bad. It's not quite like uh, getting it off the line. No. Panda Express, not good the next day. No. No, that mm -hmm. is not. I think we can all agree. So it's pretty much we're just saying rice products. Yeah. Yeah. There's the Asian in me. We have rice cookers and yeah. so fresh rice, rice is fresh. Yep. Yeah. So when I was a kid, it was always, it was, well, my dad said, my grandpa said, the much you take, the much you eat. That's what he always said. Whatever you take, that's what you're eating. And I, you know, I'm a big guy and I could eat a lot. But when I realize, you know, that when I'm full, I don't want to eat anymore. And I know when I'm full. And if I get too full, I get sick and I get tired. And I just, I hate that feeling. And it's to the point where, you know, I know. And I, I could pretty much say, all right, this is how much I'm going to take. And there's times I sit there and your, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we got Little Caesars Pizza. And I knew I wanted it. And I thought I wanted like a small piece. That was back yeah. in the day when they would do the pizza box that had the two. You would have to order two Little Caesars pizzas? It was... We always just got however many we ordered. Oh, okay. So, I mean, they were $4 for a pizza back then, you know. And so it was like, all right, you know, everyone gets their own pizza if you wanted. And so I take a slice of pizza, and I'm eating it, and I realize two-thirds of the way through the slice that there's no way I'm finishing this. And I tell my dad, I'm like, you know, that... I'm full. I really, I tried. I can't. You're going to finish that. So eat the rest of the pizza. I'm like, all right, there you go. I'm done. He goes, no, no, you have to finish the crust. Ugh. And I'm like, I, I can't. I'm, I'm legit full. Like, I am completely full. 
Mind you, I'm eight years old at this point. And to this day, we still tell this story at times whenever people are full in my family. Because I sit there and I turn to him and I'm like, I really do not feel well already. I Like, I really do not feel well. The much you take, the much you eat. And I turn to him like, you're going to be sorry. And I said it just like that. <laughs> at eight years old. At eight years old, I turn to my dad. And I, I legit said, you're going to be sorry. Do it on white, no crust. And I, I bit it, you know, and I bit a piece and I finished it. And I'm sitting there at the dinner table and everyone stands up and they go to the living room. I'm still just sitting at the dinner table because I knew that if I moved, you know, nothing good was going to come of it. And so finally I was like, all right, I got to stand up. I got to do something. And I stand up and I look at my dad and everything just came back out. <laughs> and I just threw up everywhere. And like, so, ah! and I was like, you know, I think I made it to the bathroom before I really started puking. But I was like holding it in. And, like, and at that point it became like, all right, we could, you know, loosen the rules a little. You know, <laughs> if you know you're full, you know, all right, you know, you don't have to eat your crust at every time. But yeah, I think that's the worst feeling when you eat so much that you yeah. just you're immobile, you can't move. That's how I get when I eat. Like, well, I think it's more like an allergic reaction to anything guacamole or avocado. Like, I can't move. Huh. I don't think I've ever eaten that much. To that point, I, I've eaten the, you know, like Thanksgiving or, or, you know, those type of meals. You go to Fogo to Chow, and you're just like, oh, it's just like kind of that full. I actually like that full feeling, like, okay, that was a good meal. But I don't think I've eaten past, eaten my way through that to where it's like, or this is coming back up. I, there was one in particular, it was my brother-in-law's birthday, and they had ice cream cake, and I couldn't turn down the ice cream cake. Wait, was oh, it, was it, my God. Was it ice cream in the shape of a cake, or was it one of those cake rolls that had the ice cream? Like No, it was the ice cream in shape, the shape of a cake, and it had, like, the cookie crumble, like, piece in the middle, so it was vanilla, cookie crumble, and the bottom was chocolate oh, yeah. cake, so freaking good. And I was in pain. I was in so much pain. I had to, like, crawl my way up the stairs and, like, sleep it off. I should have probably not eaten, like, the second piece, but it was really good. That could have been the dairy, too. Um, maybe, yeah. Mm. I eat ice cream almost every night, but... Do you? Yeah. Okay. I love ice cream. What's your favorite kind of cake? You used to work at Baskin-Robbins. I did. I eat... What's, what's weird is my forearm, my scooping forearm was, like, much bigger when I worked at Baskin-Robbins. <laughs> have you ever seen the video, like, the arm wrestling town? Like, yeah. everyone has one big arm. Yeah. That was my forearm. I had, like, one huge arm. And I would always, like, compare them, like, man, we'll settle it the usual <laughs> way. <laughs> My favorite kind of cake, um, I think if I had to pick one cake that I could live with, maybe eat every day if I had to, Pepperidge Farm three-layer coconut cake. Coconut? Can't do the coconut. There's two types of people. The people who like coconut and people that hate coconut. Yeah. There's actually two types of people. The people who like coconut and the people who are wrong. <laughs> Apparently we're wrong. Yep. I don't like the coconut. Pina colada? No? No. Well, actually, maybe because it's mixed with other stuff, but... Walking in the rain? No. No. I feel like being a colada. Nothing coconut. We were in Hawaii. They had like coconut milk. I'm like, that's gross. Don't want it. Yeah. We were in Hawaii. They had coconut peanut butter. Ew. It's amazing. No thanks. Joy, Moms? No. No. No, no, no. Don't like any coconut mm. at all. It's the people that hate children that give that in Halloween. <laughs> Seriously. <Pennies>. <laughs> I'd we rather had, have a freaking penny no, than we, an Almond Joy, damn it. We had a guy where I grew up, he would give us pennies every year for how old, how old you were. That's how many pennies you got. Well, these pennies have monetary value, whereas Almond Joys have none. <laughs> you can spend a penny. You can give me the Almond Joys. All right. I'll make sure you get them this year. How many times do you see the, uh, the? have you ever been trick-or-treating as a kid and ran into the uh, please take one house? Those yeah. people are just, no, dorks. 
Never happens. Because by the time you get there, there's nothing in the damn bowl. Mm-hmm. And it's like 3.30 in the afternoon. No, mm-hmm. I've, I've hit up those, those houses, our neighborhoods, like quite a bit. And usually like they'll empty the bowl, which is, I don't understand how people can do that. No. There were friends of mine when they were in high school, you know, when we were in high school. They rigged up a, a pulley system where they would suspend my one buddy above the door in a scarecrow costume. And he would like lay there stationary and they put a please put one. And the second a kid would pick up the entire bowl to go, you know, scoop the entire bowl into their bag, they would drop him down and he would yell at him. That the shit is him. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. A friend whose neighbor did that. It was just like he was a tall, lanky guy who kind of looked like a scarecrow. Yeah. So I'd dress him up with a scarecrow with a big metal stick, and they would just like kind of lay him out on the porch. It wasn't a take one house, but like after they would do the normal trick or treating, he would like chase him off the porch. But have you ever seen the YouTube videos where that guy gets like punched in the face? Yes, there's a lot of them. <laughs> those are there's hilarious. a lot of those. Those are great. Yeah. Where the guy like jumps out of a bin at school. The guy just turns and knocks the guy out. Yeah, scaring people can be dangerous. Oh, absolutely. All right, speaking of please take one house, I kind of want to set a shout out to uh, Mr. Nick Prohl from You're Going to Get a Disease and the whole internet trolling thing that happened on my Facebook page. Being that we're not on the Um That Just Happened podcast, I'm going to take advantage of talking about politics here. Dum, dum, dum! (laughs) And Mr. Nick Prohl, he thought I wouldn't be able to defend myself. Um, I listened to episode 62 of You're Going to Get a Disease, and I think it's comical in that same episode how Nick talks about, for me, political-wise, I kind of vary between parties. I probably lean more conservative than I do liberal, especially for federal, you know, any type of elections. Local elections, I lean, you know, a little more liberal because I have a lot of friends, like friends of friends. Some people who, you know, maybe close to me know me kind of know. And this might be a point of contention for some people. But yeah, I am. I kind of know the Berrios family and the whole political corruptness that goes on in the city. And I want to call it corruptness because I know them. But, um, you know, there is like a little bit of nepotism. But, you know, when you have a business, you hire your friends because those are the people you want to work with. It's totally understandable. But um, I'm very much against on a political stance against social programs, not so much against helping people in terms of social programs, but I think we need a lot of reform because actually, um, to uh, argue with Nick's point, um, it's very easy to take advantage of social programs. And there was a point in my life where um, I did lose my job, not my proudest moment, you know, so my dad immediately told me, well, go to the unemployment office, file for unemployment, you know, they'll give you a hand up, which I was all about. But I did go to the employment office and that's kind of what opened my eyes to, you know, the whole social situation. It's, it's actually very easy to do. Probably take you less than 20 minutes. They interview you, they ask you how much you made, you know, where you, you know, lost your job. And, um, you know, they determine amount and they say, they send you on your way. We'll send you this much every week. And what kills me about the way the current state of affairs is, is that they, in order to, ideally the employment office is supposed to kind of, okay, let's get you on your feet. Let's get you back to work. Um, Let's set you up with some interviews. Let's get you finding on the job market. We can help you work on your resume. Mm -hmm. So week to week, you're supposed to be applying for jobs. And, you know, which I was. And, um, you know, you're supposed to work with somebody from the unemployment agency to go, okay, have you been working on your resume, applying for jobs, and what have you. The new form of unemployment, basically, is an 800 number that you call. And it just kind of says, you know, you just answer the questions. You press one for this, two for that. Have you found work? One for yes, two for no. And if you just hit... No, or you continue to hit no on the 800 number. They just continue sending you checks. Now, what kills me about it is the irony of at some point, you know, in the history of the unemployment office and the agency and what they were, what they were doing there is they had to have made the decision to go, hey, you know, everybody, all you social workers who are here, who are interviewing people and helping people out with their jobs, you guys have done a great job. 
But we don't need you. But we don't need you. We're gonna we're gonna basically replace you with an eight hundred number. And you know, if you've ever worked at a job that you really hate, and I think we all have, it's so much easier to do something you don't want to do when you don't have to face the person that you know. Like if you're gonna call in at the job that you hate, it's so much easier to send a text message or an email than it is to actually talk to your boss that you don't want to have to mm-hmm. you know call in and work. Yeah. So I mean, that's my thing. Like I know. You know, I didn't try to take advantage of, you know, the situation, but I could see how a lot of people would. And it's very easy to just, okay, go to unemployment and, um, you know, just mm-hmm. keep calling 800 number every week and go the full, the full nine. But um, that's kind of what I posted on my Facebook with the take one, please candy house. Cause I feel like that's kind of like social programs. It's take one candy and, um, you Move know, along. on your honor system. And I can see how people take advantage of that. And Nick's response was? So on episode 62, Nick was approached at a gas station um, by some guy with a nice truck who was basically looking for, you know, a handout. Yeah. And the guy had a nicer truck than Nick did. Yeah. You know, it's probably along the lines of Goliath. And, you know, I don't know what kind of car Nick was, but he... he in my truck, it's Goliath. Nice. He, he, alluded, he alluded on the episode that this guy was kind of acting, like he was doing a real shitting acting job. But I found it comical that... On the same podcast, he talks about being in support of social programs and how nobody could take advantage or it would be, I think his words were, it would be almost like a job to try to take advantage of, you know, social programs and some of the grants and some of the, you know, like unemployment out there. Mm-hmm. But actually it wouldn't. It's actually very easy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the situation at all. I am because I've been on it and I've known people who've been on it. And it's mm-hmm. actually really easy. Yeah. But at the, um, it's just kind of funny to me on the same episode, he talks about not wanting to help out. Somebody who's kind of faking, you know, that they need help. But, you know, he's in support of programs that, you know, just kind of let this kind of corruption, I feel, just kind of continue. continue. For the unemployment to work, the unemployment office needs to reach out to your previous place of work. And they need to approve. Yeah. And they can deny. If you leave or if you were fired for something you did, they can deny your unemployment. And then you have to fight that. And I know people that have had that happen to them. Yeah, but um, I was let go because um, I, my performance wasn't up to snuff. Okay. So they couldn't contest it. Okay. But so, and even then though, unemployment doesn't last forever. True. There is, you know, there is a time limit and, it, you know. It, I mean. It, it is twofold. There are people that are going to take advantage of it. But like when I was unemployed, it was, you know, it, it wasn't my performance. You know, it was the company was going through a hard time and you know, I don't know if I can legally talk about what happened at the company, but they had to release, you know, 60% of the company in like two weeks. I mean, so, I'm, not, I'm not completely against let's take it away, but the fact that you you put in an 800 number that could be giving people jobs, like you could have a social worker in place there. You could be yeah. paying them a minimal salary. So is your problem that it's there or that it's too easy to just continue with it? My position is it needs to be reformed. Okay. It, it really need it like the whole, like the whole Mary, thing. Mayor Rodney. Yeah. How would you redo it? What what would your system be? How would you take care of it? How would you stop people from abusing it? What what would you have to do in order to continue to get it? I would put social workers in place. I would put people to educate and, okay, let's work on a resume. Let's actually make sure you're applying for jobs. Because, I mean, I was applying for jobs because I just didn't want to be on, you know, the uh, unemployment. But I can see how people out there and, you know, without naming names, I know there were people out there and I've known people whose spouses have been out there who were just kind of, well, you know, I'm just going to ride it out, keep collecting checks until the checks stop, and then I'll actually go out and, you know, apply for unemployment. I mean, just the fact that there's an 800 number in place. I mean, how many how many social workers can be employed, you know, with a minimal okay. salary that are legitimately helping people work mm-hmm. on resumes? Mm-hmm. So how how many jobs would you say you'd need to apply to, and not just apply to, go on inter- 
interviews and you know redo your resume you know where you know where does the where's the cutoff if you don't apply to two jobs every week you don't get an employment i think i think there needs to be some way that you know someone needs to be there as opposed to just a call in press two okay to, to and then you sure need to go to the unemployment office is that what you're saying and meet up with a social worker yeah and I, spend I say, multiple hours yeah there because when I had to go to this, you know, the office mm-hmm. because they do checkups on you and they do say, you know, you get a letter in the mail saying you you haven't gotten a job for six weeks. You need to go to this office, and it took me three hours. Yeah, you know, it took a while. There weren't enough people there to help you, and there they could be that could be somebody's job to be at that office and cutting down that weight. So like, my problem is though they they told me the day that I needed to be there. They say, this is your day. This is the day you need to be here. I'm a single male. When I was unemployed, my responsibilities were, okay, what can I clean in my house today? What project am I working on? The day that I didn't, you know, that I needed to go there, I just kind of put it on hold, walked away. But if I had two or three children and a wife and respond, you know, actual responsibilities, and they say, you need to be here on this day. And my appointment was at 11 and they don't see you till 2.30, you know, and then you, you know, finally get there. At what point is, you know, a mother or a father going to sit there and say, oh, shoot, you know, I got to go pick up my kid from daycare. Oh, I got to go take care of this. So there has to, there has to be something in place for the people that don't have time to sit there. And that's where the phone calls become reasonable. Well, I mean, even somebody on the phone as opposed to an 800 number or the fact that... So you want a call center? It could be a call center or even if you spent three hours at the place. Yeah. And it's probably because they were understaffed which means they weren't running with enough people. If they had enough people, if they had people with a daycare at that unemployment center, mm-hmm. it would make things easier for a single mother who mm-hmm. maybe had two kids and you can't bring them. You know you're going to be at the unemployment office. I mean, they have them at health care, health clubs. Like if you go to Export Fitness, there's a daycare center where it's like there's a playground. A you drop off your kids. Yeah, for an hour. You know, somebody will watch your kids while you go work out. Mm-hmm. Okay. At Export Fitness, how much do people pay a month to go there? I mean, this is a government-subsidized agency. It's $29 it's, for the fitness. It's still a business. The thing, though, I mean, I understand. I get Rodney's point. The only thing is, since it is a government job, wouldn't to pay those employees, wouldn't we have to pay, now correct me if I'm wrong, higher taxes to pay those employees as... Yeah. Or we could be just handing out money to people who are looking for jobs. We're wasting money either way. At least that's my opinion of it. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're handing out money to, I could really see how, like my position is, okay, again, I wanted to be off of unemployment and I wanted like my own job, but I can see how easy it is for people. And this is my point. Like people who haven't been through this don't know, you know, they assume it'd be difficult, but you know, it's really not like you spent three hours at that office. I mean, that's three hours of one day. Yeah. You know, and for how many checks they, I mean, I'm not trying to get, you know, personal or really dive into like detail, but I mean, how many checks did you get out of those three hours versus, you know, you could have been working and paying for a babysitter and an hourly, hourly job. I mean, three hours of your time to, to really kind of back your income. Like, I don't think that's that difficult. And I think that I I could really see how people would just, okay, I'm going to call the 800 number for, you know, six months because that's how long they can drag it out. And like for somebody to not be able to find work for six months, 
ones. I mean, you kind of have to either be picky or just not looking. Like I'm from the experience of I've worked a ton of jobs. I can do, I can be a waiter. I can be a salesman. I can be, you know, I can do the most menial job. I can be, I can clean toilets if I really need to. I really, you know, went out there and look. I mean, it's available. I mean, people are getting jobs that, you know, have minimal qualifications and they're just generating income for their families. Like yeah. I, I refuse to believe that, you know, unless you're looking for a particular job that, you know, is catered to your skill set, it really shouldn't take you more than two months. To find, just find work. Okay. So to go back to a previous comment, you, what type of people are you hiring to work at the unemployment office? People who are in the social work. Like there are people in social work in, in need of jobs and we're just, we're taking away their jobs and replacing them with an 800 number. I think that's, to me, that's comical in an unemployment office. Like okay. I kind of want to. The irony is, mm -hmm. is, you know, yeah. is there, but. It's more of because the other part of this it is, is this is me playing devil's advocate. By the way, sure. you know, this is this is just me saying you know where where do we draw the line in which you know, what type of people we're hiring and not just the people we're hiring the people that we're hiring to work at the unemployment office. Do you need a degree? Do you need to actually give sound advice? Do, you know, can you just be somebody who can do a checkbox and say okay, did you do this? Yes, okay. Do you know? So I mean, the people that they're hiring at the unemployment office to work at the unemployment office. Do they have to have, you know, sound knowledge of, you know, the job market in the area? Do they have to go to school? Do they have to I think I know? think that'll go hand in hand with qualifications and experience. Because okay. if if you're running a legitimate unemployment office, then companies should be going to you to look for people to staff your business. Okay. I mean if you were really successful at, you know, running the unemployment office you will build connections. And this goes the same, not just for the unemployment office, but job placement agencies, universities that have people who specialize in this. You know, people go to them for help and when they need people, you know, for the jobs that they need to staff. I mean, you build those and bridge those network connections. And I, I think that the people who are currently in those positions aren't doing that, okay. you know, because they're, they're not providing the opportunity and they're not, they don't have the back, they don't have other help from people. They're just trying to move people through the line. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to get people in and out and move process through the system okay let's just hand out the check but it, that's that's a disservice to the people who really need to hand up i mean i'm from the mindset of teach the man to fish feed him for life as opposed to give a man fish feed him for the day but that's just my two cents not to bring the th the uchi talk show uh down but uh wanted to take the opportunity to fire back to you're gonna get disease episode 62 bang bang found my position okay so let's talk about religion hey it's jd How's it going? Mr. Dogie. Mr. Dogerty. Hello. Dude. How's it going? Do you have permission from the missus to join our podcast? Because right. uh, we heard there was some contention as to stealing the uh, thunder. <laughs> Correction, no thunder was stolen. I just don't want him. It's all right. It's all right. She, um, uh, <laughs> she's a little worried, but I mean, you know, she, she should be. She should be. Don't touch me. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I was going to go get some donuts. I'll look around there. Uncle Rodney's too. Uncle Rodney, is it okay if they grab a couple of donuts? Yeah. Probably for you. Remove the children from the... Actually, we're not doing UTJH today. There's no Adam. We're doing an enthusiast podcast. That's why we're talking about politics. Adam's in Baston. It's on vacation. Baston. I'm okay. You okay? I already took a bite. Thank you. Mila, did you say hi? Hi, Ryan. Hi, Uncle Rodney. I got, I got pumpkin if anybody else wants pumpkin. Pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> the spice must flow. I don't really get the pumpkin 
craze. Neither no? do I. I'm not a fan of the pumpkin patch. I'm all about going to the pumpkin yeah. patch. I, I went to the pumpkin patch. Yeah. Pumpkin seeds are kind of okay. I went to the pumpkin patch while I was little. Yeah. You guys want to go to Gobert's? What's that? Gobert's pumpkin patch? Is that where you guys went? I think mean? so. I think it's the one we went to is um, Bankston's. Yeah, Bankston's. Bankston's? Is it far? Yeah. Because like Gobert's far. is a hike. Yeah, it's like Lockport it's a hike. or something like that. Uh, yeah. Gobert's is actually not far from Ryan. Yeah, I've heard about Gilbert. I've never been to Gilbert. I like it. Pig races alone are worth going. <laughs> oh, the pig races, yeah. Alright, come on, guys. Let's let them finish up here. Let's go upstairs. Oh, someone with this earlier. Really I forgot that too. Oh, Jamie knows what Dragon Ball Z is about. Oh, this is, this is solid. Dragon Ball Z? Oh, man, I used to watch it every day. I don't think I've ever seen that show. I saw the original Sonic the Hedgehog show. Yeah. That seems like a nicer version of it. Yeah, there, there were two of them. Yeah, because that one has knuckles. Oh, I didn't even think about that. What is it, the cartoon? Yeah, when I was talking about Sonic the Hedgehog earlier and gotta go fast. That's this is what I was talking about. Must go faster. Gotta go fast. Wow, they have golden Sonic in this too? Yeah. This is post Sonic 3. Sonic vs. Super Mario. Super Mario. Super Mario. Mm -hmm. So, the other theme song I actually prefer over that one. There's a different Sonic cartoon. Not that one. And that theme song is one of my favorite theme songs. Because it reminds me of every 80s theme song. Where were you born? 85? Where were you born? 83. Ah. Oh. So you guys were in the 80s, like... Wait. You were not born in the 80s? I was not born in the 80s. Oh my god! <laughs> So what was it like? <laughs> it was a tough 20 days back in the winter of 79. Yeah. Before automobiles? Yeah. Before <laughs> automobiles. Before automobiles. I love this theme song. Is this another show? Yeah. Is this from the video games? This is... That's not from the actual cartoon, but that's the song. I would love to see Sonic make a cameo in Mario Kart. This that is... would be awesome. There you go. This is the actual... Of course, they can't show the video. That's the opening though. How many incarnations of the Sonic Hedgehog cartoon were there? I know of three. at least three. I just pointed out. There's the movie. I didn't know there was a movie. I didn't know either. Did you know the movie? Oh, the movie was awesome. I remember when the Knuckles, Sonic and Knuckles, came out, and that revolutionized, for me at least, the Sega Genesis because the Sonic and Knuckles was much like a game genie, where you can plug it into your Genesis, and you can plug the other Sonic games on top of it, so that Knuckles can be retrofit into the older Sonic games. Now, Knuckles didn't really have any different functions other than maybe climbing walls, I think. Other than Sonic, to me, it's just like kind of a red Sonic. Using a rag, uh, uh, echidna is what Knuckles was. That's what species he was. Oh. He was an echidna. Is that an actual species? No, that was Tails. Do you know what Tails' full name was? No. Tails the Two Fox. Two Tails? Miles. Miles from Tomorrowland. Flower. <laughs> what? 
miles per hour. Per hour. Miles. Uh, miles, per hour. <laughs> miles tails per hour. That's his awesome. Full name. I wish they would do that with more games because again, I'd like to have Sonic make a cameo in Mario Kart, or you know, I'd like to where he's just running. He's not actually in the vehicle. That would be funny. Yeah. But um, in Daytona USA or uh, VR Racing, they made lots of references to Sonic, where there were Sonic branded tires. You ever played that arcade game? Yeah. I was trying to think of questions to bring up and things to talk about for the WWE podcast. I think the WWE podcast is just going to be one episode of Top Topics. Yeah. Top I think so. Topics. Like, like best theme I, music. That's really best what I was thinking of. Best theme music. Costume. Yeah. Best entrance. Best tag team duo. The one that I wanted to talk about that I was talking about yesterday. Best video game. Best wrestling themed video game. See, I think um, I think a lot of people will go Backlash or was it uh, No Mercy? All right. But I was um, WrestleMania 2000. Like there was a lot of hype around the game, and I finally got on it. You can make your own wrestler. You can change your theme music. You can make your costume. And um, I really like the physics engine of that genre of video games. Because it used to be WCW versus NWO. And it was based on the same physics, but it was WWE. And you can actually put NWO characters in WrestleMania 2000. So hands down, I think that's my favorite wrestling game. Because the other physics engines for, like even the newer wrestling games, is just, eh, I'm not crazy about it. The WWE All-Stars is pretty fun. That's a little more cartoony, right? Where they're very, very, much very so. exaggerated. Very much so. Yeah. That was fun. I remember WWF Superstars for Nintendo where there were just like six characters. One was like the Ultimate Warrior who was the best character. Um, then Hogan had Big Boss Man. I forgot the other characters on it. And then WrestleFest was a good one. It was only in arcades. I got the MAME on my computer and I downloaded the ROM. And it actually had the Legion of Doom, which is one of the few video games <laughs> where they show up. Um, they had Big Boss Man, Hulk Hogan. I think it had Rick Rude and Jake the Snake. Yeah, earlier we were trying to figure out Jake the Snake's original... Snake Snake. I think it was Damien. Bless you. I want to say it was Damien and the replacement snake was Lucifer. Interesting Jake the Snake fact. Jake the Snake was actually afraid of snakes. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. How did... Oh, who knows. Alright, what else do you guys want to talk about on podcasts? Is there some religious stuff out there? Go Jesus? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to throw a religious tidbit out there. I think sure. it's kind of funny how people seem to change their religion. I only think it's funny because I don't feel that I can change my religion any more than I can change my ethnicity. I feel like religion and culture kind of go hand in hand. Like it, what you're raised kind of shapes your values. And I don't feel that you can change that. And I think a lot of people struggle with their religion because they can't explain it or they don't agree with something. Mm-hmm. Or you know they can't fully, they say they fully can't understand it. But... I don't fully understand how my cell phone works or how to build one of my own. It doesn't mean I can use it. I can't use it either. Or it doesn't mean I'm just not going to use a cell phone because I don't know how to build one or how it works. I Well, first, it was Damien. Second name was Revelations. For Jake the Snake? Yeah. His new snake was named Revelations. I don't remember his snake name, Revelations. Hmm. Um, but I, I think religion, you can change a religion based off of your life experiences when you grow, get older and... What you experience through life yeah, see, will change the way you view things. I mean, as far as... I mean, I... For example, I was raised Catholic. So, you know, I believe in God. And I, as far as being... Going to church and going through the Mass and the sacraments. I mean, I still believe in all in all of that. But, I mean, it, it makes me start to question, like, what happens in the Catholic Church with priests and molesting children. That and having my own circle of friends that claim to be religious but yet are the most 
judgmental people I've ever met and are so quick to point the finger and pick and choose which sins are acceptable and which sins are not. So my sins, because they're my sins, they're okay, but you, I don't agree with the way you sin, so damn you to hell. So, I mean, that makes me question my religious affiliation, I guess. Um, but I still, I still believe, but I wouldn't consider myself, you know, either Catholic or... So in your example, you don't want to put yourself in the same grouping as the people who are the finger pointers who... Right. Like the uh, people who contradict themselves. Right. And I know more religious, air quotes, people like that than I do non... Well, I mean, you know... I kind of think it is, well, Chicago is like the murder capital, murder capital of the United States, but because there are pieces of shit killing people in Chicago, it doesn't make me feel like I'm not going to call myself a Chicago a I'm not going to be not proud of being from Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So just because there are bad apples out there doesn't mean you, have, you don't have to be part of the bunch. So that's kind of where I struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, at least from a personal level, I would never... I would rather consider myself a bad Catholic, and I'm going to admit that I don't like going to church... Rather than thinking, okay, I'm just going to say that I'm not a Catholic and kind of go, well, I'm on my own religion and I think I'm a good person. So I'm just going to kind of reason my own kind of method of practicing. I'd rather just say I'm a, I'm a bad Catholic. I, mean, I'm not doing, I don't go to confession often or you know, do like the most type of Catholic things. So aff- affiliating yourself with the religion and how devout you are and the people that you work, you know, that you associate with is all, they're different things to me. Where I believe, you know, that your religion comes down to whether you believe in God or not. And that's really what it boils down to. Whether you believe in, it could be your God, it could be the God, it could be multiple gods. But it's that you believe in your God or not. And then from there, it it branches down. But that is the most basic, you know, root of where I see that people, you know, can stem from. And, you know, there's different stories that you hear all the time about, you know, people who... You know, yes, I believe in God, but, you know, you're supposed to go to church and you're supposed to go to mass and you're supposed to have a communion. But then there's people that legitimately can't do that, mm-hmm. but they still believe in God. And there was a story about you know, a kid who worked in a field and he every day loved, you know, in his break, you know, when he'd take breaks, he loved to play the violin. And so he'd sit there every day and he'd say, you know, I don't know how to read, you know, I don't know how to read. You know, I can't read the Bible, but I know how to play the violin. So every day he'd sit there and he'd say, you know, I, I love God. I, you know, this is, that is who I want to pray to. And he would play his violin for God. And it was him giving thanks to God. And the debate becomes, he did that because he recognized there was a higher power and he wanted to give thanks. Is that right or not? Because he wasn't reading the Bible in church, does that take away from what he was trying to do? Well, I I think I've gotten a little more enlightenment since I pursued my tech career in terms of my religion. I've always wanted to write a book understanding my religion through my computer and my dog. And I kind of equate it to a lot of people, if you own a computer, you're supposed to do certain things, like you're supposed to make backups. You're supposed to use antivirus. You're supposed to, there's best practice. You're supposed to reboot on a weekly basis. But some people just use their computer to use an Excel sheet. It's an overgrown calculator. And it's useful for them and it it enriches their lives and it helps them out. But, you know, in terms of making a backup for somebody who's just using an Excel sheet, it's not really necessary. And it just doesn't really mean that you're not using a computer or you're not, you know, it's not helpful to you. 
And I feel like religion the same way. It can be helpful to you. Maybe you don't use all aspects of it. Maybe you're not, you know, familiar with changing a power supply out or you're not familiar with being able to upgrade your hard drive or upgrading your RAM or, you know, even doing something as simple as, you know, making a secondary drive or partitioning. But it doesn't mean that that computer can't help you and enrich your life. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like religion is the same way. It might not be fully functional in all aspects. You may not understand how it works, mm-hmm. okay. but it doesn't mean that you should throw the baby out with bathwater. It, it can still be there for you in that capacity. So in that example, yeah, I think, you know, if he doesn't have a church to go to and okay. he leads a good life, and, and that's part of his culture, and that's what he was raised in, that's what so, he was given. So the other part of uh, computer, or the other part of, you know, computer engineering that I kind of equate to religion is like the people who try to define a religion or change their religion, we know, like speaking to you specifically, that there are certain things that you should be doing and there's certain things that you shouldn't. Just like people who are uneducated in this field think that, okay, if I bang my monitor... It'll clear it up or, or maybe it'll, you know, if I shake my computer, the internet connection, or if I move my mouse in a certain way, you know, the download will move faster. Or blow on the hard drive. Yeah, or blow on the hard drive. You know, you're blowing the dust out of a Nintendo cartridge, you know, yeah. what's the scientific basis behind whether it works or not, but you believe that it works. But there are certain things that you can do and there are certain things that you believe that you do that okay. will help your situation. And some of them may be, true, may be true, some of them maybe not. But you need somebody with a little more experience and a little more, I can point you in the right direction to point you in the right direction. You know, sometimes okay. it, you need to talk to somebody who's a little more uh, versed in computer science to be able to tell you, okay, shaking the mouse doesn't help. Or, you know, the download's going to be the download and it's beyond your control. It's basically your internet service provider. You know, you need somebody who has that understanding and that's kind of where, you know, your religious figures come in. And, you know, they may be from different denominations, but it could be different operating systems too. You could be working on an Apple, you could be working on Windows. Kind of depends on what you want to do with... So, my two are... First... The whole the whole point of the, you know what you your first what you brought up was people who change their religion. So in believing in God, everything everything you do, whether you know this is once again this is almost pun intended. Me playing devil's advocate, you know, this is a very touchy subject, and I'm going to try to do this delicately. Everything you do is reactive in just about everything. When you believe in God and you pray to God, it's for the end goal. It's for heaven, which is the prize at the end. So you're a good person in this life to go to heaven. And in people switching religions or changing, maybe not so much religions, but their values, beliefs, and switching certain things like that, it's all still in the goal to go to heaven. I see what you're getting there. So it's kind of like if I was a Windows user and I switched to Mac, I can still work on Excel because Microsoft makes... Microsoft Excel. I'm just more comfortable working on a Mac to change my spreadsheets as opposed to Windows. And I don't remember where or who said it, but really it comes down to be a good person. Yes. Every religion. Don't be an asshole. Right. Don't be an asshole. Comes down to that one true fact and how to go to heaven, how to be happy, don't be an asshole, etc. I don't know. For me, me personally, I if someone said, okay, here's a better religion out there, or if somebody had proof of, okay, this is how you get to heaven, I don't think I could change my Catholicism more than I can change, because to me, it's, it's part of my culture. That's what I was raised with. So it's like, for some people to just kind of walk away from that, like, it's odd for me. For you, yeah. yeah. Because it was ingrained in you, from your family, your parents. You've never known not that. You know, the, everywhere <coughs> you've gone, everything you've done in your life has led you to that road that you're on. So for you to stray that far off is unthinkable for you. Yeah. 
But if you were raised in a completely different environment, to go to the nerd culture, where they have different stories of Superman, where what if the Kents didn't find Superman? And what if his ship was a little bit late and he landed in Russia? And all of a sudden, he's the head of the USSR. So they're like, okay, that would have changed everything. And for him, that's right, because that's what he was raised to believe. Being from that place makes you want to do that. And that's what's right. It's because what's ingrained in us as a child. But who's to say... It's not necessarily, okay, different viewpoints. Okay, we'll go back to nerd culture. All right. Um, We were raised on X-Men, the Fox series. Okay. Right? And then Batman, the animated series came out. And then we all became Batman fans. But to say that, walk away from X-Men and not completely forget it, like, we'll never forget it. It's just kind of... We grew up on that. We still look back on those episodes and say, hey, that that writing and animation was really great. Even though at the time, Batman the Animated Series is clearly the better cartoon and more people were watching it. You know, we're not going to get away from it. At the same time, that was DC. Now the Marvel movies are in full swing. So we can't really say, all right, well, we're completely walking away from DC. I mean, it's not to say that one is better than the other if somebody was DC or Marvel. But if you were, if you had watched DC or if you had watched Batman the Animated Series, you should look back on that and, and just kind of okay those were my fond memories as opposed to I'm done with DC I'll never watch another Batman the Animated Series episode again I mean it's just I don't know I think um, let's say even if it's uh, you were raised on Image Comics and I'm not saying Image Comics are bad but I never grew up reading Image Comics but if you grew up on Image Comics and you found the Marvel Universe now all I'm saying is that you probably shouldn't just ignore Image Comics that's what you were raised with that's what you grew up with and I feel like kind of weird to for people to let that go but what you're saying isn't people who grew up with Image Comics going to Marvel. Your reference is more of people that grew up with Image Comics going and reading shampoo bottles. You know, where you so the way that you're talking about it is people just completely go away from everything they believe. And very few, I don't know of anyone, I've known a few people who have somewhat changed their beliefs, people who have started identifying with more things in certain religions than others. But people who believe in a religion and were raised in one religion who stray to another religion or switch religions, I don't, I mean, it, it, it possibly could have happened, but I think it's more likely where you're still under the category of you believe in God. Right, so like going from like Catholic to like born-again Christian. Yeah. So it's like still, you're still in the, or like you're still in the comic books, you're just going to a different series. Yeah, I mean, I, like, yeah, they're still reading comic books. They're going to different yeah. series, but it's just, I don't... So you're still believing in God. The people that go in in, in a, a completely different thing, you know, going from believing in God to not believing in God is usually one event. Usually one thing happened where they relied on, you know, something to happen and it did not happen, or they relied on something not happening and it happened, and that's what changed their mind. Mm-hmm. And at that point... That's something completely different altogether for me as well than switching religions, because that's not switching religions. That's just no longer affiliating with a religion. But I don't think people who switch religions go between you know two giant extremes. The flying spaghetti monster is a recognized religion now. So you can look it up. You, know, you can identify with the flying spaghetti monster religion. Flying spaghetti monster church. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and FSM, as it were. Pasta Farinaires. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and I don't know somebody who you know, was a devout Catholic who then became a Pasta Farian because that's a giant, that, that's a huge extreme. You had to go from one to another. But 
It can happen. But you're still believing in something. Spaghetti monster. Whatever it is, you're believing in something. Mm -hmm. And I believe that believing in something is what really matters. Is the core of... Well, to quote Adam Carolla, atheism is, atheism is still a religion. Believing in nothing yourself. is still believing in nothing. It's still a belief. So there really is no... By definition, it's kind of hard to be an atheist because it's still a belief. Yeah, yeah it's technical. <laughs> let's, let's get back to something right. a little more uh, light and uh, wrap up the show. So what do you guys think of uh, new segments? Any suggestions? I, like the Uchi movie game? Three-word movie. We're probably going to be letting go of Top Topics. What? I like a Top Topics. I like Top Topics because it has uh, the opportunity for people to contribute to the show. And like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, this is my top five. Or, hey, you know, we should do this list. It's hard to come up with lists. I mean, we're at 72, 73 episodes. And um, you know, I think we're running out of topics. No. Never on topics. It's yeah, always but... obscure. Yeah. Like, what's your favorite hotel chair? That's a little <laughs> too obscure. <laughs> I don't know about that one. If Watch Mojo could come up with top ten lists every day and a half. Uh, some of Watch Mojo's lists are, yeah, they're kind of stretching. Yeah, but they're at a few hundred. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean. I just feel like at the beginning of every episode, even, we're like, or you guys have been there for like the pre-show work. Like, all right, what are you doing for Top Topics today? What are we doing for Top Topics today? I almost want to think also, even though we had a theme song for it and it was our original segment, Pissing on Graves is kind of... I know. agree with Pissing on Graves. I yeah. have the people on my who? What? I love that theme song, though. I know. You can just change <laughs> Pissing on Graves to uh, Comic Clip Notes. We I want a Comic th Clip Notes! We don't have a... Well, we do have Adam's audio, but we don't have a Comic Clip Notes theme. So if you could think of a Comic Clip Notes theme, that would be appropriate. Who did the Pissing on Graves theme? It was a local artist from Chicago. Well, I'll have him do the Comic Clip Notes one. I don't one. know if we want to say his name because we don't technically have his permission. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're not for profit, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, I think what other segments would be good. If you if you if you do find out that we're using your song, please don't fault us for that because we all make mistakes and we all have regrets in life. But wherever regrets are, paying too much for insurance should not be one of them. So for seriously low rate. For seriously good coverage. Yes. At a seriously low rate, call Lim Insurance and get a free quote today. Call three one two nine four five six two five four or visit their website at aliminsurance.com. That's A L I M for a limb. Because it won't they cost won't, you an arm and a leg. It won't cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, damn it. There you go. Yeah, darn. Got you just been schooled. Booyah. <laughs> Comic Cliff Notes, I will say, is my favorite segment of the show. And um, I say so. That is our personal mission to educate those of the uninitiated into and inundate them with comic book knowledge. So that way, when you have an obscure, obscure reference in the screen or in the movie screen in the in Marvel Cinematic Universe, you go, oh, hey, that's Blue Beetle. Mm -hmm. Here, here. Well, that wouldn't be Marvel. That'd be DC. Personally, I would like to know who we're going to do beforehand. Because or comic clip notes? Yes. Because there's certain people that I follow on YouTube or whatever. And when they do their version of comic cliff notes, they say, okay, this is this guy. This is his powers. This is his origin story. And that's where we end it. I would like to say, okay, this is who he is. This is his origin story. And then we kind of go into you know, who would play him at times. Mm -hmm. But I would like to say, this is what he's been in that you might have seen. Oh, whether it's you know cartoons, and then say, okay, this is the you know his you know, this is the comic he was first in. So Harvey Dent, for example, was in Batman Returns as Billy Dee Williams, Mister Colt Forty Five, and then later on played by Tommy Lee Jones. Correct, and then also Aaron Eckhart. Exactly, arguably the best Two Face, arguably. 
on our best Harvey Dent on live action, not well, comic book or not you know cartoon. Batman the animated series. Because I mean, or okay, yeah. Would you say best Two Face? Best Two Face performance? I don't know. I like the animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hamill and Conroy are my favorite combination, Joker and Batman. Yeah, I'll never get away from Conroy. Signed an autograph for my son. I would love. I would have loved to seen him at Comic Con and see if I get a voiceover for the podcast. But apparently, he wasn't doing recordings. That would have been awesome. Have you ever seen the the panel where a bunch of the voice actors read lines from Star Wars? Star Wars actors read lines from Star Wars. No, no, like voice actors. You know, Tara Strong. Love Tara uh, Strong. She was Batgirl. Mm-hmm. And Raven. Yeah. Uh, I did meet her in person. I should have. Well, we didn't have the podcast at the time, but she was Bubbles. From Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls, yep. Yeah. And then Kevin Conroy was there, and he and was the narrator. She's Twilight Sparkle now. Twilight Sparkle. My Little um, Pony. My Little Pony. Did I know that? <laughs> Are you a uh, brony? No, not at all. The girls aren't into My Little Pony? They have some, but they don't watch. They watch Teen Titans, though. They love Teen Titans. And then, there's a lot of, like, all the famous voice actors. You know, guy who played Bender, guy who plays Fry. You know, all the Futurama people pretty much were there. <laughs> It's a and, trap. And they read the lines as their characters. Oh, that'd be awesome. It is a lot of fun. It, it's really funny. You know, when you have uh, Squidward. Not, oh, it wasn't Squidward. Patrick? It, it was somebody, you know, like they, they have certain people from certain things, and they read them as their character. Check it out. It, it's really funny. Definitely got to look at that. It's a as part of Star Wars characters. But I, mean, I got to pick up some power converters. It's a uh, pinky. There you go. Where the one guy reads Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain. As, I think, Darth Vader. <laughs> and it's, it's the funniest thing. Yeah. So. All right. Anything else you guys uh, think about for the show? First Uchi Talk podcast? I would like for all of the new guests to maybe go through like a little getting to know you. That's what I would like. I, I think the vet... Veg Dialogues does that with their new guests. They yeah. do like a What do you like question. on this Chipotle burrito? Yep. Shout out to Something Gate. I like how they uh, they say, uh, where did we first meet? Yes, I like that. Which I was hoping they would have done on our crossover episode, because where did we first meet? Well, what time is it? So I'm in the driveway. <laughs> well, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, you guys have anything else to add? I'd say that's a podcast. We've uh, had a good, uh, got a good show, I think. Yeah. Some ups, some downs, some serious, some funny, good times. Yeah. I wanted to thank you guys for coming out, Ryan. Thank you yeah. for coming all the way out from Parts uh, Unknown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate Warrior reference. And Aubrey, thank you, for, thank you for having us at the DTC. Boundary Terminus, yes. You're welcome, guys. Thank Thanks for bringing the donuts. Yeah. And the Baileys. What and do you, the Baileys. What do you refer to your house as? Lazarus, Lazarus Bay Studios. Lazarus, okay. It's not much of a house. It's, uh, that's why we haven't hosted the podcast yet. Yeah. It's a pit. It's a pit. It's a pit with pit. water <laughs> and a broken computer. I didn't have. I didn't get to fu. I didn't have an fu this week. Well, fu to uh, bad weather and power because oh. it uh, destroyed my power supply for the computer, which I have terabytes and terabytes of porn. I mean, uh, podcasts. <laughs> porn cat. Oh. I mean, downloaded music. I mean, legally downloaded music. Um, yeah, especially pictures of the kids. I'm gonna have to recover that. I'm going to Micro Center mm. after this, maybe. Get a new power supply. Good luck. Mm-hmm. New power supply. Is it really? Is it hard to? No, no, I can do it easily if you want me to. Oh no, I already, I already pulled the power supply. I just okay. need to know which one fits in my box. Which is ATX. It's pretty much standard now. They're pretty much all standard. Well, it's an Inspiron 530S, 
Uh, leaning towards the side, so it's kind of a slim tower. Oh. I'll show it to you again in the car. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming not and say, inviting. Not to say Adam's uh, replaceable. But, um, Which she is. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, hopefully you guys would be willing to co-host if I ever decide to take a vacation, take a break. Incidentally, podcast news, we are looking for somebody who's willing to edit podcasts because uh, it's football season and kind of tough in time to make sure <laughs> watch kids, edit podcasts. So signing off from the DTC Terminus, the Foundry, I'm Rodney Sinio. I'm Ryan Madigan. I'm Aubrey Doherty. And we like that um that just happened. Da 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 da